Hey, boys. Uh, oh, hey. What's happening? What's up? All right. Well, ready to do this. So, live from Mikey's Sober Living Space and Jordan's Music Supply Store, welcome to episode nine of the Local Rockstar Show with Rob Allison. <laughs> I'm gonna try to That's like, you know, try to make make up. So, well, see, Dave's located in the podcast studio, located in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. He's the super executive com- uh, producer and curator of the show. Um, yeah, so. and, and right. I go by my full name, Dave Lee. Unlike you guys, where it's just Mikey and Jordan. Yeah, I, I'm right. I got to put my full name out there. You're professional, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate just, that. You do pro stuff. Um, I'm trying to, here we go. I'm trying to go on the Facebook page real quick and share out the, the link. So I'm going to take up airtime for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. I, know how, live. I know how to do social media. Now it's officials. Yeah, it's official. Um, all right, cool. So, um, thanks everyone for joining. Um, let's see here. We have some announcements that we want to make here. Um, so yeah, we have some upcoming shows. Uh, so Modern Wives is going to be on the show February nineteenth at seven p.m. And then Matt Salkel, uh is going to be on March nineteenth at six p.m. And we're going to call that Saint Maddie's Day. Saint Maddie's Day. <laughs> so good, man. So Saint good. Maddie's Day. That was Matt's idea. So yeah, I called Matt. We have to give him props for that. That that was too good. Um. Okay, cool. And then also we have uh, some uh, releases that were just uh, re- some bands that released some new albums. And so we have Lebex. Um, they were on episode five and they just released a new record called A Long Lonely Night. Um, it's a great record. So we did, we talked to them and we, we streamed The Plague um, when they were on the show. But now the, the full album is out. So be sure to go check that out. Yeah, it's really good, man. It's it's their best record in my. It's opinion. really good. It sounds great yeah. too. It sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have uh, Contranistas. They just released a vinyl. Yeah. And so that's cool. So I I bought I bought that copy. Just waiting for that to come in. That was on Killer Kern Records. Uh, so you can go go to their Bandcamp there and you know buy some units uh, and stream stream one of the tracks. So that's really cool. We have we have the uh, links and the episode links on um, the links to the band camps and then also the episodes within a blog post on our website. So if you want to go to lrs.show, you can grab those uh, grab those links and show some love. And then we also had um, so cities you wish you you were from was on the show, and um, they actually did a live stream Folsom City Limits. Um, you should check that out. That uh, we'll, I'll, I'll actually create a blog post for that as well, so you guys can get to it. You can go replay that set. It was really cool and fun to see them play that show. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and it's a full set. Full set. And they did it all safe, safe, and you know, there's no one at the venue except for the people that were running the stream. And uh, it was really cool to watch. Yeah, it's a good hour, man. It's it's solid sound too. They, that that production came out really smooth, really clean. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really good. All right. The other thing is, um, like always, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and 
you'll see five stars. Just go to the five and tap. Don't do the one, two, three, or four. We don't want any of that. No. We just want five you stars. Want, you don't want. I don't any even of know those. why they do anything less than four. You know, or right. one, two, three, or four. Just just make it right. a, a five star minimum. Yeah, you know? I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Five star minimum. <laughs> and then uh, also, I want you guys to check out our about page. We had a little bit of fun with this. Um, <laughs> so if you go to lrs.show and go to the about page, we have a little snippet there about. What we're gonna we make do, this big screen for us. What we're about, um, but we also added some pretty cool profile photos there. Um, yeah, I didn't know you I, were actually going to use that one of me when you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty great. So actually, I think there's one update that I need to make here. Um, mm-hmm. Dave Lee just recently got a promotion, so he's going to be super executive producer and curator. Um, so we have to I make sure to title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna have to so, update that. That's my bad. But we, we look good, gentlemen. I mean, I mean, look at us. Yeah, <laughs> look how ridiculous that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do look good. There's no denying that. Yeah, we look great. Yeah, it's our alter egos coming out here. I don't know what Dave's alter ego is though. Sure yeah, that, that, was, one out. that was a weird time in quarantine. <laughs> we yeah yeah we just found a bunch of random Same. things. Yeah, people were posting stuff. It's like, hey, recreate this photo. I'm like. I'll just wear my wife's sunglasses and her jewelry and hold one of my dogs and we'll we'll go to town with this. <laughs> we'll do this. We'll see like, what's up. It's like Dave Hepburn. You know, that's what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, see? I'm going to change my name on the website too, Mikey. I think hey, I'll do that too. Oh, and Jordan, it looks like you just got off your world tour. Um, yeah, that's that's my secret alter ego, my, my hip-hop ego. <laughs> yeah. Young Santa. So. <laughs> that's, your, that's your rap name, Young Santa? Young Santa, oh, that's right. That's great. You know, you know what I'm going to look like one day. <laughs> I'm working my way up to full Santa. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love it. So yeah, go ahead and check out the site. We have uh, all the all the streams on there, all the audio, video. We're going to start putting some blogs up there, and uh, you know, favorite the about page because I know you're going to go back to it. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> can't get enough of those images. You can't get enough of that. <laughs> All right, cool. Was there anything else, guys? I think that was pretty much it. Just wanted to get some shout outs for the shows that are coming up. Shout out for releases. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so for now. Yeah. And we'll keep, uh, yeah, we'll keep you up to date. Sweet. On what's coming out. All right, guys. Uh, Jordan, do you want to do a little intro and then we'll bring, uh, bring Robin here? Let's do it. Yeah, so our guest tonight was an important figure in the Bakersfield music scene, um, <clears throat> working at venues like The Gate and The Boiler Room. Uh, really, I've used this word before, but he's a stalwart of the scene, especially from, what, the mid, about mid, about mid-90s into, I'll have to ask him when the last show was, but well into the 2000s. Um, <clears throat> and so if you were, if you were a local band and you're looking for an all-ages venue to play, you didn't have too many options in our town. Um, but if you were in that position, you definitely knew our guests tonight. Uh, so local bands, traveling acts, they all made their way through the gate in the boiler room. And it is our pleasure to have on tonight, Mr. Rob Allison. Hey. All right. Hi guys. Hey, what's up? Hey, Rob. Oh, nothing much. I'm enjoying and, you know, the privilege of being here on your guys' uh, cast. And uh, we'll see how it goes tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll just uh, chill, have fun. And... uh We'll see uh see what memories come out from 
from everyone. So everyone has been at the at the gate, played shows at the gate. So it's gonna be cool to get some um, get some stuff from your side, and then we have some some stuff from the gate because we you know practically grew up playing shows there in a way, right? right? right. A lot of our yeah. bands have, and um, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of listeners too. So it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to to go with this. So. Thanks for thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys uh, hit me up and asking me about it. And so, you know, I've been trying to recall things in my mind because it's been such a while. I mean, we were at it for so long. And um, mm-hmm. so anyway, you know how memories are. I could be telling the honest truth to you and it's not true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I remember it that way. Right. Yeah. It's just how it goes. Yeah. So. <laughs> so if anyone's listening and and uh, and my memory it doesn't match up with yours, it's probably me. But I'm doing my best <laughs> to be honest and uh, as clear as I can in my recollections. So we'll see how this goes. Absolutely. And then um, also, if, uh, people that are watching the show live, if you have anything that you want to ask about or remember anything that was fun about the gate or whatever, just go go into the chat and throw it up there, and and Dave will throw up on the screen, and we can we can talk about it. So. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Give us your comments. Give us give us corrections. Some editing of these memories, right? <laughs> as right. well. Yeah. We'll do it live. We'll do live cuts. So, how 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 long did the gate go, Rob? It was. I think we figured out it started around ninety seven. But what was the the last show? Well, the last show. You know, I don't have these things memorized except the very first show. I've always known that we started our first show. Uh, February 21st, 1997. And it was with uh, Crushing Violet, uh, Jumping Trains, and uh, Green. And so uh, that's how we kicked it off. And I, you know, I didn't have any connections in the scene at that time. So I just kind of got the word out and somebody says, well, I know a band and, you know, and, you know, we got, got them coming in. So, but yeah, that happened in uh, February, 1997. Uh, we closed our doors on April 17th, 2016. And of course, we, wow. had, in the midst of all that, we had uh, moved venues from uh, 922nd Street to uh, 2010 O Street. And so, and we could talk all about that, whatever you guys want to do, you know? Yeah. Man, that's cool. I, so that, I mean, that venue it was open for so long and it was so many cool bands that came through there. Like, um, yeah, it started out with you not, having any connection and then slowly it just started building and building. And it was like, then all of a sudden in the, at the gate, like the crowd's starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It was just kind of, kind of cool to see the progression over time. Um, so curious, like how did, um, how did that all start? Like what, what got you, um, kind of into maybe setting up a, a, you know, using that venue to get some bands in there and things like that. Like what, what kind of prompted that? Well, uh, really the history of it goes back even before, well, it goes back to when I was playing in the band Trackster and, uh, and we were, you know, a pretty big local band and we won, you know, whoever cares about this stuff. I do because of my history, you know, but, uh, I do. We, we want to hear it, but, yep. uh, you know, we had, uh, we were a pretty big band in, in Bakersfield and uh, a lot of people knew us and, and we'd play shows that would have great crowds and, and of course shows that would have hardly anybody in there you know, as I'm sure you guys are familiar with, uh, within the scene, but, uh, but with Traxxer, we had had one, um, two of the, um, two years in a row, uh, the uh, battle of the bands. 
So up against all the bands that were in Bakersfield that were just really going after it, uh, we had taken that place. And we were, of course, a, a Christian metal band, hair metal band. Uh, we're in our spandex and, and putting on the show and all that stuff, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, in the history of, of Traxter, um, you know, being a Christian band and being a band that just didn't stand there and like be a shoegazer band, uh, we ran around on the stage, we performed and all that stuff. And so we weren't receiving churches, you know, and there were a lot of Christian bands played in churches. Uh, we were actually, um, you know, kind of blackballed out of, out of a number of churches. Don't book that band. Uh, they're, they're, they're all, you know, we're just like, we're not Christians. We're like the, the rest of the musicians that are doing what we're doing and they're evil. And it's just so crazy. Right. And, and so, um, so we ended up that pushed us into just uh, getting with other bands that were not Christian bands and we would play different clubs and bars. And, and, uh, and so we became really good friends with the local bands that were in town at that time. And, um, uh, but we would have to do shows together. So I don't know if you would like to hear a little history of what the scene was like back in those days. I mean, this, we, oh, yeah. our, our band started in uh, 1987 and uh, it really kind of grew out of um, the band Striper, you know, and because uh, they they were a great band, you know, and still are. And uh, and they really uh, stirred up a desire within a lot of us musicians that I, I want to play that kind of music. You know, I don't want to play just like church music. I want to be out there playing this music that I love to listen to. And so um, uh, the way I got uh, the way that we got Traxter going is that I had um, myself. There's a guy named um, Anthony Cutshaw and that played drums for us. And he was a good friend of mine uh, that went to the church that I went to. He later played in um, what band was that? Um, uh, he played in Juice, I believe. Um, oh, anyway, okay. uh, uh, so we were playing together. We had a friend of his that, that, that he looked like Oz Fox from Striper, hair way down to his stomach, you know. And, um, and so we got together and started jamming and we realized, you know, we could, we need a vocalist. And so I went to a little gig I was uh, playing at, uh, that was at a, at a venue across the street from, um, Bakersfield college. And, um, it was just like, you know, a mic set up and whoever wanted to play could come up. So I was playing guitar and I went there, did a song and, I, and this guy was running sound. And, um, and I thought, well, he might know somebody if he's running sound, he might know somebody that'd be interested in playing some metal music, you know? So I went up to him. He said, oh, I, I would love to be able to play, you know, basically what he's saying. And his name is uh, uh, Terry Fisher is how we, how I know him. A lot of people uh -huh. will call him uh, Teezus or T. -Z. T yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I got his number and um, and it took a while for us to finally get together. But we all uh, probably about a month later. So we finally got together. And, you know, he was talking about how he could play guitar and, and sing and all that. And so I'm thinking he's just kind of blowing smoke, you know, but we'll try him out because we need to we need to see. And he was just amazing. And his voice, especially in those younger years, his voice sounded like uh, Rick Emmett from Triumph. You know, I don't know if you guys know who they are, you know, out of Canada. Yeah, yeah. But but just really sweet uh voice and so that that first night we were together we wrote two songs and it, it was just like we were gelled together you know so uh we didn't know anybody we didn't know the scene or anything like that and um and so you know we did play a couple of churches to to kind of get in it and then other bands were putting on shows in town now in those days there were no venues in town the venues that that you had in town were like mason joso's went on union to where they'd book top 40 bands it was always yeah. top 40 bands you didn't bring in your original music at all. 
And, um, and so what bands would do is they would get together, pull their sound system together and, and, you know, book a high school gym or a high school auditorium and, uh, you know, or the fairgrounds, any place like that, and try and pull things together and put on a show. And, and that's kind of how we got into uh, playing beyond churches and being like, you know, real musicians with real people playing real music, you know. So um, so that experience and uh, of playing all that, uh, we really didn't get a venue in town until there was Bam Bams that came in. And that was right towards the end of Traxtor being together. We played Bam Bams uh, twice. And um, uh, but yeah, again, before Bam Bams happened, the way that we really did a lot of our shows in town is that we would hook up with uh, with high schools, with the club. And with that club, we would do a fundraiser for them. So they would book us into the high mm -hmm. school auditorium. And, and then uh, that club would make the money. The bands would never get paid. You know, the, right. uh, we would just come in and play and we would provide all the sound system and do that. And they, they would get kids to show up. And that's what we mostly played. We played at, at North of the River a Gymnasium there by, uh, 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 by the riverbed in Oildale over there by Sanders School. They just had this new gym that they put in and we played a big show that happened there as well. Oh, played cool. North High School, East High School, Highland High School, South High School. No, not South High, uh, West High School. So those were the venues that you played. But, you know, you did it and and the club got all the money. Did you get good turnouts for those? Uh, pretty good. Pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, there was a show that we did um, at North High School. And um, and it was packed. There was a line out the door. It would have packed out the whole O'Neill Hall. And... Um, and Mr. Uh, what was his name? Mr. England, England, ah, forget his name, but um, uh, he was in, he was the, the teacher in charge of that. And he saw all these kids that didn't go to North high school that were standing in line. Everyone's dressed up in metal attire, all that stuff. And he got freaked out and he shut it down. And only the people that were in the room were the only ones that were there. Everyone else got turned away. If you didn't go to oh. North high school, you got turned away from being in the show. But it was like it, mm. it would have packed out the whole venue, no doubt about it, you know. But uh, it just freaked them out right up front. They're like, uh, I don't know what's gonna happen here. Yeah, <laughs> like like this is evil, you know. All these <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, but he shut it down. It's, but I mean, we got to play, and right. so that was great. But uh we didn't have the big huge crowd that uh, we were really stoked about having. So did you want to start the gate because because there were no venues? Well, what what had happened. Uh, that yeah that's basically it and what had happened is that uh, you know eventually uh, the band broke up as bands do you know mm -hmm. and um and so i was out of the music scene for probably about uh five years or so you know just uh i cut my hair did you know and and i just called myself contempo rob you know at that time and uh uh didn't really uh i, I continued playing music but not metal or anything like that and um and uh we started uh, through a series of events. We started going to church at the garden. And uh, when, when I went there, uh, we had a little church that was filled with musicians and uh, uh, just, there's probably about 30 of us. And we had a lot of musicians and, and, uh, and our uh, pastor, David go, that's the pastor of um, the garden uh, uh, here in Bakersfield. He had come to us and asked us if we would like to merge with uh, the garden. And at that time it's called Bakersfield community church. And, uh, and so it seemed like a good fit. And so uh, during that 
I guess, dating and romance part of it to see if we're going to merge with the church. Uh, he went around and he was telling me about his vision for the downtown area. And in the midst of that, he says, I would love to have a, a venue called The Gate because he had a vision years before then of seeing a, a church building with uh, a church entrance on one side and on the other side, there was a venue, a venue called The Gate entering in. And, um, and so he, he was telling me that and something like stirred up within me. And I'm like, I think I could do this, you know, and, um, and, and I had other, you know, in prayer and, and, and just uh, seeking the Lord on uh, what stage of life I'm walking into to where I had confirmation that I, I should, you know, get back into the local music scene. And this was my route to go is, is having a venue. So, um, at that time, Jerry's Pizza was putting on shows and uh, they didn't have a sound system. And there was a band called Focal Point that was playing. And um, and so uh, Pr uh, Dave Prickett, I think that his name, I think he's the guy that booked the show, if I remember his name right. And he had his number on the flyer. And so I called him up and, um, hey, do you need any help for that show? I'm just trying to get my feet back into the local music scene. He said, yeah, I don't have a sound system. I go, I got a sound system. I'll bring some down. So me and another uh, young guy went over there and ran sound at Jerry's. And that was kind of my entry back into the scene. Okay. And I started telling bands that I met uh, over there, hey, I'm getting ready to open up a, uh, a venue here um, after the first of the year. And, uh, and that's kind of how it got going. But yes, the motive was this, uh, or a part of the motive and the vision was that there was us as musicians, as a band, we rarely ever, ever got paid. And, uh, and we, you know, you always spent more money than you ever, ever made. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I wanted to have a venue that bands could come in. If they drew a big enough crowd, they could get paid, you know? And so, um, uh, and, and I, and with, with the gate, since we're a Christian, I mean, we're a church that, that is hosting this, this venue called the gate. Um, uh, you know, we what we wanted to be able to do is is uh, if all we did was just bring in Christian bands, we would just be a, a really just a Christian venue. I didn't want that because my experience with Traxter was with all these people that weren't Christians, all these all these people that were just regular people like myself, but they 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 not have or maybe they did have faith in God. It didn't matter to me. Is that I just want to bring in artists. And my phrase yeah. that I used back in those days is that creativity demands an audience. And, um, and so many times it's like if, if there's no place for you to be able to play, you lose interest in your in your um, in your gift, in your in your um, musicianship, because you don't have an outlet to be able to play in. Kind of like what's happening even in COVID right now. You know, right. uh, people are just right. losing interest. I don't have something to, to work for and go for, you know. And so, uh, so I thought, okay, if we open up this venue, I'll book bands, whether they're Christian bands or not Christian bands, and we'll just have a good venue for uh, people to express themselves and, and all that. Of course, we had rules. <laughs> right, right. They, uh, Carl Jung, I, I, don't, I haven't talked in a long time, Rob, but I'm a psychology professor now. But um, yeah, he said, uh, speaking about artists, yeah, um, same philosophy, but his words were, they just need a place to display their gift. Yeah, 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 it's true. Yeah, yeah it was, and, and you know, it's really cool. I mean, I, I mean, I deeply appreciate everything you've done, Rob, and I, um, and that venue because you know I got to, as, even though it was a, a play, it's just a place to play. It was like, um, 
it was a big venue too. So it felt like even though you're in a local band and maybe you don't have a lot of people that know about you, you're setting up on this stage. That's like, and it just, I think there's a lot of young kids that were just kind of blown away by it. Right. Cause they're like, Oh, I'm playing on this stage with monitors and like, they're like, Oh, we're just going to play in the backyard. Like that sort of thing. But it's right. like, it's a full blown setup and like sound and lights. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. So like, I really think that there's a lot of, I think that gave a lot of people, you know, a, an edge to kind of go, Oh, I've played this venue. That's big. And there's a lot of people that were coming out and enjoying the music to get those, those nerves out of the way saying I could play a big stage. I know how um, I know how to request how to get more in my monitor and just simple things like that. Right, that a lot yeah. of people never get because they just play a tiny venue and it doesn't really matter because it's just tiny and there's no, it's just the noise that's coming out is the noise coming out. Um, so like to me, when I first played the game, I'm like, Oh, this is crazy. Like it's a, you, you want, it's like a big building. And um, yeah, so I, I, you know, it was really cool for me to go through that. Um, and it was cool to see our friends play and there were shows happening all the time. And yeah. it was just like, there was, we would even go just to hang out. Like it didn't mm-hmm. even matter what bands were playing. Like we would just go to the venue. Like, Oh, what are we doing? Let's go to the venue. And we'll just catch some bands or, and then uh, people would go outside, hang out. The other band would hit a chord. You walk back in. And everyone went back in and everyone mm-hmm. would hang out. It's just such a cool vibe. And I think yeah. it was, I would think it was set up that way just based on the history. Like you can feel that coming through, like what you just kind of went through uh, with the backstory, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely uh, that motive of, well, for our band, um, you know, we, we would go down to LA. And of course, it was the pay to play scene, you know? So yeah. you paid to play the whiskey, right. the Roxy, Gazaris, the Waters Club, all that stuff, you know? And you try to get a crowd there. But what you had there was a great sound system, a great stage, and hopefully people there to be able to see you play. And uh, and you learned how to ask for what you wanted in your monitor, you know, and what you could and could not get. And so uh, for, for the kids that were coming in, especially these high school kids, these young ones that were coming in, they had no clue. And so I was really there kind of as a mentor to help lead them through what yeah. you want. I could give you what you want in your, you know, the, I mean, the, probably my biggest pet peeve of running sound and all that is that was the 12 inch single cab crate amp, you know, cause <laughs> it was just this noisy, trebly, horrible sound <laughs> that, that you're cranking up in this sound system and in their monitors, you know, so they're rock stars and they got really cruddy equipment, you know? Right. Right. Hey, guilty man. I think I brought in a crate amp. Oh, no, no. I feel, like, I feel not- like you were just talking about me, the teenage kid playing the first show. Cause you, cause you literally came on, That's you great. asked me the band I played, I was 16 or 17 on the stage. And you said, what do you want in your monitor? And I was kind of like, what's a monitor? <laughs> no kidding. And, and at that age, you're yeah. like a hall monitor. Like what, what's going on here? And you, you said, you said, uh, well, you're singing. So you probably want the guitars. <laughs> louder than anything else because you'll be able to hear the drums it's like okay yeah <laughs> yeah so you definitely were that were a mentor in that regard for sure uh-huh. but that's wow. so cool right i mean and like, then you turned around and saw the crate amp and you're like man uh, uh, <laughs> no more crate amps <laughs> please yeah <laughs> so you were going to oh, say something 
a few minutes ago about um, about rules. Yeah, of course, you know, um, uh, this whole thing is hosted by a church. It's, it's really, uh, you know, even even the money that we're pulling off to be able to open up a venue like that, because our venue never really made money if we were having to pay rent for that place. You know, if we were, if we were a business, we we're paying rent, electricity, having all the air conditioning, especially those hot summers, we'd be blown, um, you know, having the air conditioning, which was nice. I mean, it was, it was uh, uh, comfortable when they were working well, you know, and um, so uh, uh, it was really through people that would give money towards uh, the garden that allowed me to c continue operating for the just over 19 years that we were able to do that. Uh, because I would charge at the door. I had a small staff of, of like people that were essential. They needed to be there. I had to have a door person. I had to have a sound person if I wasn't running that. And, uh, and we had to have somebody that, um, that was running the, uh, the snack bar and all that. Although they usually never got paid and because the essential thing was the sound guy as well as the door guy. And we would charge just a, a lump sum of what we needed to pay our cost. And then we would pass all the rest of it to the band. And of course, you know, I wanted to see the scene become collective together because I remember when I was in Trackster and the bands that we knew, we helped each other. Like if a person, you know, broke a guitar string and he didn't have another guitar string, we have strings, we'll give you a, our guitar string. There's that community of uh, having relationships with bands. And, um, and so I wanted that at the gate. So, you know, I would tell bands that you're not going to get paid till the end of the evening because I wanted them to stay there all night, if, whether they open or whatever, to support the scene. You know, awesome. but yeah, the rules. Okay. So it's a church uh, that is hosting this thing called the gate. And, um, uh, but of course we never wanted to feel like anyone's at church. We wanted them to be at a concert hall, uh, but we didn't want to have people use uh, full on profanity from the platform. We want to have a little bit more of a wholesome environment that grandma and grandpa could show up to see their, junior high kid play and not right. walk out completely offended because someone's just listing off a bunch of vulgarity, profanity words that's offensive. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so when we first, uh, you know, it's so funny now, um, when I first opened, I had a contract that I would, you know, there was no internet, nothing like that. So all my, all of my, um, bookings were done through, uh, my ledger that I, of, of an address book in pencil because people's phone numbers change or people got different band members. And so part of that contract I was sent to them was that uh, there would be no drinking. There would be no, uh, uh, you know, a cussing, all that kind of stuff. There was a list of words. I had the words. I didn't leap out the F word with little dots. You know, it's just can't say this word. You can't say that word. And if they wanted to play, they, they signed the contract. They would do that. I realized after a while, you just need to have a word of mouth for somebody to say, are you willing to do that? And they would say, I'm cool with it. But, um, but that, that was a, uh, uh, it became a joke after a while, a, a, a couple of years within the gate, the whole profanity thing became a joke to where people would, uh, especially with the F word, because that's like the big old word, you know, right. uh, they would say the F word from the platform. And then everyone, I mean, cause sometimes I'd be running sound and, and everyone in the audience would turn around and look at me. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen? You're going to shut it down. And, and, and I never did. It's when, it's when somebody would just get into a, a big 
uh, tangent of just like cussing at the crowd. And it's not even a part of their song. They're just talking this way and they're just being really obnoxious that the way I just stopped it is I muted their mic. Mm. And then I would talk in the, my talkback mic to them through the monitors and say, play your next song. You know, right. and so that, that's the discipline that I did. And there was one guy that was a very well-known person within uh, within uh, the local music scene. I won't say his name because you guys would know who, who he is. And he was playing with the band, actually. In, okay. He was <laughs> in the band uh, uh, playing the boiler room. And um, uh, and he was super cool setting up. I talked with him for a while, you know, running sound in there and all that. And so I thought, okay, he's cool because he had a reputation even back in, in the days of the gate uh, of Trackster when we were playing as a band. Uh, we knew him then. And um, uh, he, he just had a reputation of, of being out there. And, um, and so, but he was really cool. But man, when he got up to perform, he just went really vulgar very vulgar and i was just muting him constantly and then uh and then uh and then you know when he wasn't doing i was, they would be playing so he ended up uh, at, at the end of the show instead of walking up through the area where i was he went out the back door where the glass doors are into the parking lot and left never saw him again the band the other musicians the band came up to me and was just apologizing i don't know why why i got into him all that that was probably the worst that i've seen at the gate um my biggest thing at the gate really was uh, where I stopped things is when things got violent. And so when fights began breaking up, I turn all the, the house lights on, I'd kill the music, I'd mute everything and just try and get order back to it. And I've never had to shut down the show, but um, you know, we have had to uh, have a band leave the stage because of uh, fighting, you know? Right. Wow. Did that happen very often? Um, from time to time. Um, you know, uh, sometimes it would be the crowd, the person in the crowd. I remember one night, I don't know if you guys ever knew, um, we called her punk rock Laura. And was, she was really in, in the punk rock scene. And I really liked the people in the punk rock scene. Uh, somehow um, I had a, um, a rapport with them to where I wasn't this nerdy Christian guy, you know. And, um, and so I was able to have good conversations with them. But she had come in and there was a band playing on the stage in the boiler room. And, um, and she had come down and they were from Fresno. And so she had to come down and she went over to the guitar player and she kind of, you know, tells her with her finger to come down here. She's going to tell him something. And he's, he bends down to, to, to hear her. And then she slugged him really hard in the face, right in the nose, you know, just like, and it was just so taken. And then she uh, left and she was banging, hitting people, walking out the door and just like, what's up with that, Laura? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. But um those are some of the memories I have as far as uh, some of the violent stuff. But back in the day, you know, uh, I remember, uh, remember the band Fat Chance? Mm -hmm. Yep. So they would, they would draw a lot of people, I think from Centennial yeah. High School would come out. And so there was a, there was a big fight that was getting ready to happen on the West Lawn there at the gate. And, uh, and I remember, and I don't know why it gets into me on that. I, I'm fearless, I guess, whenever, this stuff was happening because I don't want any fighting to happen. And, um, and I'm going to shut down the show. If the fights happen, it's, I'm just going to shut it down. And so uh, they're getting ready to fight. And it's like, there's a group of people on one side, like here, another group of people on the other side, right there. And they're yelling at each other and it's getting ready to blow. And I come in and I step in between them. I said, you guys stop it. We're not going to do this. Uh, you're going to have to go home. We're going to shut down the whole show, all that. And they stopped. 
they didn't get into their big brawl that they were going to get. But I'm thinking, you know, they could have just jumped me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Mikey, you got hit at one of the shows, didn't you? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at, um, I think it was a crawdaddy show at the gate. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I seen Yep, and it happened out happened outside. Yeah, it was it was uh, pretty gnarly. Yeah. But, well, uh, well, Jordan. Um, as far as the profanity thing, the rules. Uh, uh, towards the end of the gate, we never enforce those rules at all. You know, and again, it was one of those things that if they got on the vocal mics talking to the crowd and getting really vulgar, we would just mute it. But right. no one ever got a contract saying you can't cuss at the gate. All we would just book bands, you know, it just became one of those things that where that didn't matter anymore, you know? And so it's mostly about the, the music and and the scene and people playing it. And this just was a part of it, you know? So we, we lived and learned. There was one band that, uh, we all know. I I won't say who they are again without, (laughs) but, um, they did, they didn't want to play the gate, um, because they said, because of those types of rules, you know, and they had kind of like a punk rock, you know, pedigree. Um, I remember saying to the singer, cause I knew him said, you know, you could always change that F word to a different word and say it like really sarcastically, <laughs> you know, right. and, and that could be kind of creative and fun. And I thought like, ah, there's no way they're going to do that. But um, yeah, they did. So every right. time there was some line, it was like your effing face. And he, and then instead he was saying like your lucky face. He, and he kind of like, <laughs> face. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I was like, in a weird way, that's more interesting, actually. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. You're like, okay, more Created. power to you right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, but I remember talking to him afterward. It was like, this is a great place. I said, yeah, yeah, right. It's a great community here. What what I loved about it as well is that we had a great staff, always at the gate, we had a great staff of friendly people that were there to uh, you know, not judge anybody or or about that at all, you know. And uh we just wanted to love people. And we love the music. We love the scene, all that stuff that was taking place. And and so uh, there was a vibe when you came into the gate versus maybe one of the uh, any of the other venues you may travel to or, or visit in Bakersfield uh, because of uh, of our staff that was working. Yeah, it was an interesting community. I, I, I can remember, too, seeing like my mom would go to shows at the gate and, uh, and I'd see her talking to, you know, kids with mohawks. And just look right. across the room and go, look at that. Like, you know, I know if I see that happen. My right. mom's hanging out with a bunch of punks. You know, they're having a great conversation about mythology or something like this, you know? Right, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, there's a couple comments that have come in too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was some, uh, remember, you know, Medetta Red playing. Um, oh, yeah. And there was some stuff going on there with uh, some language. Um, and then, um, and then uh, Cameron mentioned that he remembers uh, uh, him and E-Man were had to shut down a show because the last band was chucking their gear at people. Uh, so it looks like it looks like there was some some things going on. There. Yeah, when we moved <laughs> the uh, when we moved the venue over there to uh, 2010 O Street, um, uh, Cameron and uh, Emmanuel Fernandez were really really actively involved uh, in booking shows there and working uh, all the time, and so. Uh, uh, it was like they increased and I decreased as far as my role. I was still involved, but I wasn't going down there every single time we had a show like I was in the beginning of the, of the gate. Let's see here. What do we got here on the screen? Thanks for signing anyone underage for being on the street after curfew. Mm. 
I was underage too, but had a job, a car. My parents knew where I was. I don't recall profanity being excessive. Yep. Mm-hmm. And some good good memories are getting posted out here too. Just yeah. some uh, yeah. incidents and things like that. Um, I was I was wondering. Um, so I know you mentioned the boiler room a little earlier. What's um? Can, can you give us a little background on what happened with um the gate that you that that there was a transition to the boiler room? Uh, was that like a was that a a decision that was uh, made for you due to like attendance for shows were maybe decreasing or was it just something that that something happened that you're able to share or? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, well, in the gym, you know, you could fit you know six hundred, seven hundred people. More than that, if you wanted to, but mm-hmm. you know, you got the fire codes that you're dealing with. But uh, and we had some great big shows there. But, uh, you know, most of the focus of the gate was really uh, focusing on the local bands more than the regional touring bands. And so when promoters would come to me, they would book, let's say, for example, uh, Tim Gardea uh, booked MXPX mm-hmm. at, the, at the gate, you know, which was our first really like big show that we did. And, um, and he booked some other shows, uh, but he, uh, he kept he, he stopped working with me because we couldn't sell alcohol at the, at the venue. And the bands couldn't drink alcohol in the waiting in, in their green room or anything like that, you know. And so there was those rules that took place that kind of limited us. And um, but we would have local bands play in that big gym and you would have, I mean, maybe 20 people in the room. And it's so demoralizing. Here you are you're looking forward to this great show on this great venue, on this great stage with lights and sound and everything like that. And then the whole room looks empty. And so right. like we need to have a venue that we could book these bands in that's smaller that where if you have 20 people, this is a rock and roll show. There's some people showed up, you right. know? And so that was kind of the motive behind uh, the boiler room. We, we had access to that. It, it literally was uh, our, our building at the gate was the old YMCA building in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so uh, the boiler room was actually places where they, they kept their boiler uh, for their swimming pool and for the showers uh, in there. So it was filled with asbestos and all that. So we had to pay all this money out to get rid of the asbestos, remove that. And um, there was a lot of donations that came in to make it happen. Uh, uh, we wanted to make it a, a coffee uh, uh, house vibe. And so we had a little bar put in and an espresso machine. And and we had some people that jumped in to be able to work that. So, th- so the boiler room really became this place where uh, you could book. Well, for one thing, it was easy to set up usually four microphones and that was it. So if I'm setting up the boiler room, I'm putting up, I'm stringing out four mic cables, four mic stands and four microphones and let's go, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, so that made it really easy. And also it made it really easy for us to book bands during the week that were touring. And so uh, the boiler room really became an active uh, part of the gate. So, so at that time, well, let me, um, so we opened the gate in, in 1997, uh, like five years later is when we opened up the boiler room. So we started calling uh, the gates big room. We started calling that the main stage. And then you have the boiler room, which would be that, but it was all still the gate, but the boiler room was its own specific venue at the gate. But um, yeah. Yeah, I had the same question. Rawls got a question here. Gotcha. What was the uh, biggest crowd at the gate? remember that what show that would have been i would say it was probably mxpx 
Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 That, that was a big show. And yeah. And, uh, yeah. And um, uh, we, you know, we had other ones that weren't that, that big, but again, it was one of those dynamics that you had um, you, you had a uh, Nate Berg that was booking shows at Jerry's that had his foot in the industry of touring bands and booking agencies and all that. And as, as well as you had Tim Gardea that had his foot really in the door of, uh, of the uh, booking agencies. So they, so any band that was touring through Bakersfield that would, that would fit in our venues, uh, they had first dips for, so it wasn't like I could get in there and, and, right. you know, and take the bid. They would actually uh, uh, get the bid for the band to come through because they have relationships with the booking agents and I didn't. And so I realized that. And, and, and for me, the scene wasn't for me to book big bands at unless a promoter wanted to book them. The scene for me was all the local people that that's where my heart was. I wanted to be friends with, with people within Bakersfield and I wanted to see them come back again. I want to have friendships with people rather than somebody that just kind of just came through, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. You uh, were successful with that. And I mean, we still, I, I don't know. I couldn't count the number of people that I'm still friends with or friendly with today that I met at, at the gate. I mean, it was just, Oh, yeah. for sure. It, it was, it was yeah. successful. It was such a strong community. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, so that I think uh, that MXPX and I think Value Pack played that show, right? Um, but then Stephen Value was posting. Oh yeah, Value Pack uh, was a show that I booked because uh, I did have my hands in the the Christian scene uh, with the, I forget the agency that I was working with, but Steve Zaker, Value Pack uh, uh, were great shows to have in those days, and it's funny I booked uh, Steve Zaker um, at the gate. And, you know, I didn't want, I never wanted to have like Christian shows. And so only Christians came up. I wanted, I wanted all people to feel like they could come to a show. And I definitely didn't want people to feel like they were being preached at, you know, because of my faith or the faith of those. Although, you know, I never got, I I never, ever got up on the platform at the gate at any time and preached anything that had to do with the gospel. I would be okay with that if bands did that. But my, my scene was really to, to know people, get to know people. That was, that was my motive there. But uh, I booked um, Stave Zaker uh, uh, there at the gate and uh, I had Plebeian Cry uh, open up for them. And, you know, Zach Davidson uh, was in that band. And I, I just love that guy, man. I loved his heart and we had a lot of good conversations, but uh, man, he couldn't hold his tongue from saying the F word at all. And so I had, a, I had these Christians coming up to me at, uh, uh, after Plebeian Cry played and they're waiting for Stavesacre to go on, uh, getting upset with me because uh, why did you let this guy get up there and do all these kind of stuff? And it's just like, you know, I gave my little defense to them. I won't do it here, right. but, but um, I, I'm like, I like Zach Davidson. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just like the guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's Very awesome. charismatic and passionate person. Yep. Yeah. And those were all, uh, like Kathy said, those are all tooth and nail bands. Um, so it's kind of cool to see those, that, that label, which had a bunch of, uh, really cool bands would come through and th- they play the gate, which is, which is really fun. Um, and then we're all saying a lot of the friends that I made during the early days of the gate became lifelong friends. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. true. Well, I wouldn't know you guys without the gate. That's for sure. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. What about maybe not biggest crowd? Do you have any, were there like standout performances or favorite shows of yours? 
Yeah, that. Um, uh, well, I, I did definitely love Stavesacre and, and them uh, playing. I, I booked them, I think, maybe three times at the gate because I like them so much. But um, uh, but I, I like like some of the surprising bands that came through. Like there was a night uh, during the the uh, the boiler room days that was like a, a Wednesday or Thursday night show, whatever. And there was a band called the 1AM Radio that played. And, and they were just so good, talented. I mean, artists. And they all harmonized well together, vocals and, and uh, uh, playing their music. And that show has always stood out to me. And then, then there's another band that played uh, 2010 O Street Gate uh, that uh, was touring through. And I mean, you wouldn't expect them to be as talented as they were. And I, Opus Day, I think, I think the name is Opus Day. It could be wrong. And, um, and so I'm running sound for the show and they got up there and it was like, they just took charge with their talent, not like egos or anything like that. They were, they just played so well. The vocalist was so clean and pure and strong. You know, some vocalists get on a vocal mic and you're having a hard time mixing them because they're so timid, you know, but when you get a, a vocalist that's confident, it's like they, they're mixing themselves out in the mix. But, uh, that band was a really surprise. I just like the surprising bands that came out. Uh, bands like Phantom Planet, the way that Phantom Planet came in. And of course yeah. it was awesome because I could always say, well, uh, Jason Schwartzman played drums on our stage, you know, and uh, right. right. And so, um, but uh, the way that that show happened is that these two young girls had been in LA watching them play. They're huge fans of Phantom Planet. And they talked to them about the gate and they said, yeah, we'll come down and play at the gate. And so they, they contacted me and, and um, I think I paid them $500 to come in. It was something like low, right? Ridiculously low to come in and play. Right. And, and cause I didn't know who they were. And, uh, but we had a really good turnout for that. And of course there was just tons of girls there because these guys were like sex symbols. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But most of like the metal shows, all you have is a bunch of guys there, you know, so it's guy music. Yeah. Yeah. And we, um, yeah, Dave, I don't know. Um, yeah. Chevelle did play the gate. Yeah. Chevelle played. Oh yeah. Yep. I, yeah. I booked them with project 86. Yeah. Yeah. That's hey, crazy. Hey, who, who opened up for Chevelle? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, Mike, put Mikey on the spot. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll go and save that for the flyer. We'll, we'll no. go and save, yeah. Oh, perfect. Cause I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Cause we have the flyer. Um, um, yeah, so you know it's 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 really cool because the memories that I have with the gate um, just kind of go back a little bit. Um, so we would, you know, Jordan and I would play uh, all the time in our bands, and then Lauren would be taking photos all the time. She yeah. would come and take photos on stage, and the the biggest memory I have is you know when Lauren is um, Lauren's taking pictures on stage, but she's also <clears throat> pregnant with Blake my first son. So she's like on stage, like getting all these shots and she's pregnant. And like, <laughs> it's just like, it's such a cool memory to have. Like, you know, my whole family was there, right. The beginning of a family yeah. was kind of there and it's just a cool spot. And that's just one thing I won't forget because it, it gave us the opportunity to do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, and we have, we have tons of photos and I, we, you know, we've posted some here and there, but, um, there's just a lot of photos that we need to go through and scan them and put them online. But, um, we do have, um, 
Jordan, I don't know if you have any other questions before we go like into the pictures. I think it'd be kind of cool to to go through the the pictures that we had uh, that we have, and then well, we can. There's also questions after that too, but. Well, let me say say this first because I'm I see it in the in the comments a few people saying they met their <clears throat> their spouses there or like Dan right now is saying his wedding reception was at the gate. I forgot and, about that. That's right. Yeah. And, yep. and also our good friends uh, Paul and Linda, right? We did a surprise at the boiler. Yeah, room I remember very well. Remember that where you know Paul wrote a song and proposed, and yeah, it's just I just can't think of many venues where we could have. <clears throat> you know, could have pulled that off well because yeah. just because there was there's such a strong community vibe. At, at yeah, a lot of a lot of relationships took place that way. And remember back in the early days of the gate, there was a swing set that was out there on the southwest lawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of like couples would uh meet, go out there and swing on the swing and talk to each other and become boy and girlfriend, <laughs> you know, <laughs> until we started finding syringes in the sand and all that stuff, you know, so then oh, we right. tore it all out. Yeah. Right. I always felt bad outside for whoever had to, who was cleaning up all the cigarette butts. That was the, that was me and my staff. And I, I was oh, really, I was really meticulous about that because I know uh, some church people would be really offended by the cigarette stuff, you know? And, but not only that, a year after we, about a year after we started the gate, um, uh, we started another uh, 501c3 uh, um, out of the garden uh, called E3 Performing Arts. And it became, uh, we actually got uh, that set up through uh, Bill Clinton, who opened up um, funds uh, to uh, uh, to give nonprofit uh, religious uh, faith-based organizations access to. And so they applied for grants and we got um, uh, uh, kids to come in after school and we would, uh, the team would, would train them in music and performing arts and dancing and all that kind of stuff um, after school. So that was a really cool thing. And so they would get released and, and go outside on that West lawn. And so you would have all these kids from second graders, you know, and, and uh, up through junior high that you can't have cigarettes on your, on your uh, grass out there. So right. I would be out there. I would be out there till one o'clock in the morning with a flashlight looking for cigarette butts. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of work that went in there. Oh man! I remember telling people, our friends, that would go out there and band would play, and then everybody would go out for a smoke break, and then go back in for the next band. But yeah, we tell people out there, hey, don't don't throw these on the ground. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, not, it, not especially not at this venue. They're gonna. I mean, don't do it anyway, but yeah. especially at this venue. We would have trash cans out there. We would have uh, those. We had three of these, you know, those cigarette ashtrays that were tall enough to where you could dump it out there and pouch your cigarette and no one would ever use them. That was just throughout the history of the whole gate. Every time the show was over with, we'd have to go out and pick up cups and papers and cigarettes. And, you know, people are just messy, but it's part of the scene. I mean, it comes with the territory. There was Mikey. Yeah, sorry. That's sorry true. About that, oh, there's Mikey. I wonder where he went. I'm Important back. Business. We we were talking about uh, well, yeah. uh, all the cigarette butts that we had to pick up at the end of the night and papers yeah. and all that stuff. You know, all that stuff. It's crazy. Bunch of messy teenagers. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's Cameron. People would throw them right next to the ashtray on the ground. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. It was ridiculous. Yeah, sometimes I thought, man, I'm just out here being a janitor. You know, that's all I am now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
this what this is what it's come to. Yeah. Bob, Bobby's first show was Ashes and Fluid OZ. Oh, okay. I remember Ashes, not Fluid OZ. Yeah. Yeah. Fluid ounce. Oh, Steven's asking for a story. Oh, oh, the guy that OD on heroin. Oh man. So, so we were doing a, um, uh, we called it a homeless fest. And what we were doing is that people would come in and, and give some canned food and, and, uh, pay like five bucks to get in or just show up and pay seven bucks to get in or whatever. But we were just raising money to get to the homeless center. And, and uh, we called it homeless fest. And this was the brainchild out of uh, Mark Lamas. Mark Lamas used to uh, play in a band called Crimson Stained Nails. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so I met him at the gate and we became really good friends. And, and uh, we ended up doing a lot of stuff together for years and years. And, and we're still really close, you know, and, um, but uh, so he booked this whole festival that we were doing and we would open up the, uh, the main stage and then have a band playing that. And while that band's playing, another band would be in the boiler room setting up. And so as soon as that band finished playing, the band in the boiler room would start playing and the crowds would just shift from one venue to the next, you know. And uh, so I'm running sound inside the gate while the band's playing inside the main stage. And, um, and, and someone came up to me and says, uh, hey, someone's OD'd out here on the lawn. And I just left the sound system and I ran outside and Mark Lamas is uh, on his phone and he's calling 911. And this guy is white. And um, uh, I mean, he, he's not, I mean, he's dying, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so me and a couple other people were praying for the guy resurrection, you know? And, uh, and it was just really scary. I mean, it was real yeah. scary. And, um, but uh, finally hall ambulance, I mean, they're only two blocks away, but who knows where they're coming from. Uh, uh, they showed up and they did that whole, I forget, I don't know what it's called, but they shoved the needle in the guy. And I mean, he just woke right up out of it really quick. And it was just like such a sigh of relief. But, um, wow. you know, I tried, I tried following up with him and with his parents afterwards. Cause I was really concerned about the guy. I mean, you know, someone that's, that's showing up at a show, ODs on heroin, you know, uh, evidently he did it not on our property, but I know people did heroin on our property. Uh, people would, um, we've seen doing it like in the girl's bathroom or the guy's oh, wow. bathroom as well. So, you know, we didn't walk away scot-free from all that type of stuff. I mean, drug, sex, and rock and roll, you know, <laughs> and so that stuff is all around music, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, that was a very uh, scary moment, but uh, thank God technology has gone far to where they could revive somebody like that, you know? Yeah, that's Yeah. Right. That's, Get that's gotta be so shocking for people to see that haven't, haven't seen that before too. And it's like very jarring. Yeah. 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 So they had to do the whole epinephrine needle yes. like, through the sternum and everything. Oof. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, they Ooh. hit him and I mean, he woke right up. It was like resurrection power. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so wild, man. Yeah. Crazy. Well, hey, let's check out this, uh, the slideshow. We'll see. Yeah, I'll go ahead and queue up the slideshow. Um, Rob, what we did is I reached out to some people, um, that you know, and then Lauren, Mikey's wife, obviously grabbed a bunch. And then I went through sort of the Facebook page and kind of grabbed some of the flyers. So a few of the bands you guys were talking about will actually see their show flyers. And then uh, we got a little, a little uh, surprise at the very end. So um, let me uh, let me go ahead and cue this up. This this will be fun. Awesome. This will be fun to look at. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, get this so, thing in, so in Dave, present mode. Dave is a curator of all things. So. We, uh, this is our slide presentation that we do on the show. This is our teaching moment where we go through slide decks. <laughs> <A PowerPoint. laughs> 
So yeah, we, we just go in and, um, he dug into a bunch of stuff. And so we're, we're just going to kind of go through these and just see if there's anything that, uh, like you mentioned the, the first show and then the last show, um, oh. which, uh, you know, green too. Like I've, I saw them at a Supreme bean a lot right across from BC. Mm-hmm. They would play there in the gate. Right. So that was kind of cool. I remember all three um, of those bands really well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so these, these next photos, Rob, we actually got from Mandy Nielsen. Uh, she's friends with, uh, my wife. Oh, actually, oh. Let's, we'll actually, we'll actually I first get Mandy. to a little bit of Mikey's background here. Yeah. So there was, there was a moment too, Rob, where you and I worked together and I would help with the website. Sure would. Yeah. Um, and so this, this wow. was, this was back in the day and this was, this was hot stuff. This was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this was back when you used to actually code the sites yourself. Um, right. That was, that was a lot of fun to do that, to kind of help as much as I could there. Um, it always had like, it was always being changed and updated, but, um, you know, back then it was, it was fun to just have a website, it was thegaterocks.com, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, that's uh, right. we would, right. we would do various different things and yeah, it was a lot of fun because you just back in the day, Oh, I wonder what's going on this weekend. Oh, let's pull up the computer, you know, dial up and then, and then hit the website. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was completely illiterate with the internet type stuff back then and still, Somewhat today. <laughs> yes, but so we got we got some. Uh, I was able to f- dig up some old screenshots of uh, of the site, so that was kind of fun to kind of get. Uh, wow. Is that Johnny Shock? Johnny Shock. Johnny Shock. Justin. Is that Al. Justin on base? Uh huh. That is Justin. Yep. That's really cool. Look, you got you got kids up front. Like that. That was that was what was up. Yeah, those, and those, those were also, those also the two people that paid to get in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I had that haircut with the kid in the orange shirt. I oh, you I, did. Oh, yeah, you did. I had that haircut in high school. Wait, yeah. wait, is That's, that you? <laughs> that may be you, dude. It could be me. Um, I think these next ones cool. that that Mandy Nielsen sent over may have been the the uh, Phantom Stranger show. Hmm. No, 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 Phantom Planet. Um, this oh, is. Oh, is that Phantom Planet? No, because um, oh, I see Andy over Andy's there. Andy's on the right. Yeah, I don't know who that is. If anyone knows who that is, oh, throw man. it up on the yeah. throw it up on the chat. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I definitely recognize Andy. Yep. On the right, I can't tell who that is there. Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, who that was, but I don't remember that. Man, if we only had really good cameras back in the, uh, <laughs> the late nineties. Right. Yeah, I know our, our phones. Are so much better than all this. For sure. There's some boiler room shots. Oh, yeah. that's a good packed house there at the boiler room. See, now, Rob, you're right. That looks like a packed show, and the band loved it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that made the uh, boiler room well worth having it because uh, we had a lot of shows like that where that would have been kind of a lame turnout inside the gate, the main stage. But there, yeah. it was like a happening show, you know? Yeah. yeah much more energy. And the uh, the uh, espresso bar is right, right there on the on the right photo. You can see um, that's where oh, the bar yeah. was. I think where you you the corner of it there. That's where I'd yeah. get a coffee coffee and a Kit Kat. That's what I would do. Yeah, and and the people that work behind there, uh, they all work for free. They just love the scene and they love to be part of it. And and that that uh, bar area was like the center of the action. You know, and of course you're protected behind it as well. Uh, but um, you know, we had uh, like Stacia Grafton. 
was a person that was very faithful working that. Chris and Sarah Moore, Chris plays in Lebex now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they were really active in the boiler room in those days. And, and uh, Vanessa Verdugo uh, was very faithful uh, working as well. That's super cool. What do we got here? We got the we got, Pop Rockets. Pop Rockets. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the names are yeah. right there. Pop Rockets, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bob, and, and they actually that, they actually opened up for Fugazi. Is that right? When they came to when Fugazi yeah. came to Bakersfield. That's yep. that's right. Lindsay, right? That's playing. Yep, that's thing. Lindsay. Yep. Yep. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was before we painted the uh, the wall green in the back. You know, it would always really bug me to to just have this white wall in the background all the time. So I, you know, so I really put in like, can we paint this? Can we paint this? And I finally got the approval to do that. And I, uh, one of the guys that worked at the at the gate at the time named Daniel Bentley, uh, he and I built scaffold and we painted that whole back wall. It really helped change the uh, the look for the show, you know. Right. That's cool. And uh, here we have Ruby and Ruth. That's Ruby's cool. still playing. Ruby's still playing. She's playing wow. a metal band, like a do like a do metal band. It's, it's phenomenal. Oh, and there's our old scoreboard that's back there. Yeah, yeah. The wow. scoreboard oh, back there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Yep. That's pretty cool. And you have Ruth from Miss Bliss over there on the right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really cool. I really Bliss like band. that band. I like that. <laughs> they were just really nice. Chantel yeah. is a great, great lady. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love yeah, Chantel. Yeah, definitely. There's Dan. All right, we got we got Dan, Dan up on the screen. Is, a little. Now he's is he playing that Feral Space Cadet or was he in June as well? This this one I think mm -hmm. is Farewell Space Cadet. I think it's just Farewell okay. Space. Yeah, I, I think I'll tell this little story. I find humor in it, and it's not to belittle anybody. But they were young, and uh, but they were playing in June, a band called June, and they would get up there and they'd be tuning their guitars, ding 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 ding, ding wah, 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 all that stuff, you know. I mean, forever. And I would get on the top at my. I I'd go. I'm gonna name your band Tune. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> they, they make these things called tuners. Hey Dan, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that, Dan? Yeah, I see Roll and Dan over here in the chat. They could probably yeah, yeah. perfect. That's perfect. awesome. I know. I wonder, I wonder if Dan remembers that. And then uh, June became farewell. That's right. I yep. I love Feral Space Cadet. Uh, they were like um, uh, when I think of like in, especially in those days, like my favorite band in those days was Feral Space Cadet. Loved them. Yeah. Oh, that that's nice. A great hear. band. Yeah, they were fantastic. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, look I love these. these guys too. Man, look at you jumping! Look at that. That's the yeah. one jump that I had because I was an old man at this point, right? You know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's athletic. What, yeah. What is the singer's name again? I forget her name. Fresenia. Yeah, yeah. She just uh, had great vocals. Yeah, that was that was a that was a fun band to be in. And you guys. Uh, I think the last show you played with her was in the boiler room and it was, um, I think on a Thursday night, I think she was just coming in from out of town and you guys booked the show. I got some pictures of it. Oh, wow. To you oh, guys. Yeah, but, uh, anyway, that's in my memory. Uh, I mean, it was like a special show. She was coming into town. And so you guys got together and, uh, you had a pretty good crowd in the boiler room. Yeah. That, oh yeah. That, was... like that might've been a reunion show. We did a reunion show there. Yeah. Yeah. That must be uh, it. My favorite thing about this picture on the right is our friend Frank's hair. Yeah, I was gonna point that, that out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you can't not right when she's. He's see got it. the bleached bleached fro. Nice. Yeah, he's looking. He's looking sharp. <laughs> he's looking Love smooth. it. So good. 
<laughs> yeah, my knee. I, I think I broke my knee after that jump. <laughs> oh, there's Nick. All right, we got Nick, yeah, Pablo, Pablo. D- Dublin Panic, and Lebex. Yeah. Wow. Those are, those are fun, those, good, good those shows. Are, those are great shows, man. Pablo's yeah. so talented. Yes. Nick is in, in that picture. Nick looks like he's in such a power rock stance that he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's, he's, he's meditating on stage. <laughs> he was just, he was overcome with the the rock and he just yeah. kind of yeah, has, has a Devo vibe too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Are we not men? Oh, that's awesome. Let's see what we got here. We got Raw and Saul. Oh, yeah. There's Raw and Saul. I rhymed it. Raw and Saul. That was like my favorite scene back in those days. Uh, the the whole uh, emo indie rock. Uh, type vibe it just felt like our venue uh, kind of in those days were booking a lot of shows like this you know i really enjoyed all this type of music yeah it did feel that way at one point kind of like the gate you would see even though the bands would play like jerry's and the gate you know the uh-huh. all ages the younger bands right. it did seem like uh yeah you got more indian emo stuff at the at the gate maybe a little more hardcore and punk at jerry's right yeah, well, there's good ones. Those are good pictures there. Yeah, of the farewell show. Yeah, yeah. I love there how I love how we improved the sound over the years, and and really that that has to do with the local music scene because uh, we would put on fundraising shows just for the gate, and bands would play, and we would we would rake in all the money, and then we would just upgrade our sound system. Like we had to have better monitors than those uh, really amateur EV, and so we upgraded, and those. Uh, I was really thankful for the local scene because they helped out the gate a lot uh, for the improvements. Um, even one of, the, one of the shows we had, we had uh, Marcy Playground play the gate. And I remember uh, the stage was like this and no one could see people play their guitars, you know, because uh, they were uh, uh, p- people's heads were covering up the guitars. And I thought we need to raise our stage. And so we did a fundraising show and raise it up enough money to where we could raise the stage up. And so we still have a stage at the same height today. Yeah. Nice. Oh, Dan's Dan's in the chat. He says that was their last show. That was their last oh, one. Oh, I love these pictures. Wow. Yeah. So there's Tom who who drums drummed for Mission tonight. Swell dude. Love Tom. So serious. And then that- on the right, and then on the right side, um, I just came out of a, a goth movie. Oh, is that right. you? <laughs> That's yeah. Mikey. Yeah. Is, That's that, goth is Mikey. that Ryan? Is that his That's name? Ryan. Is Ryan? Uh, okay. They had Justin Cronk and Nick. Yeah, that's a great picture. That's just that's a memorable photo right there. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's yeah, that's it's a little embarrassing. That's all right. No, no, yeah, I like it. Man. <laughs> I got like that, a, dude. You're gonna buy a photo frame at a venue, and it comes with that stock family in it. You know, if <laughs> they made the photo family. frames for like rock venues, you guys would be in that one. You that would be it, that but, the stock way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh we little, man, we got a little goth, a little glam, a little. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember um, uh, doing these uh, cover band nights and um, Feral Space Cadet cover Radiohead. Mm-hmm. And the only song I knew from Radiohead at that time was "Creep." That was it. And uh, these guys covered, and I thought, "Oh, that's amazing!" And then I became a fan of Radiohead because I had to listen to their music. And so, OK Computer, I think, was out at that time. And was that was that. Um... Was that this show or is that, is that just uh I think, just a, well, yeah. 
uh, when I saw Trevor, I remember Trevor playing, um, uh, oh, I forget the name of the, uh, da, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's my singing on a guitar notes on live. <laughs> um, anyway, oh, I remember right. him playing, uh, uh, I remember him playing a part and uh, really liking that on uh, OK Computer. And I remember that when I saw that picture. Yeah, they were great. Look at Vaughn over there. Yeah, the Scotland. Yeah, we got uh, that was. Uh, I remember the the gate would no have harm. really big ska shows. Yeah, 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 and we could pull it off because we had a, a good sound system, playing the channels on the board to mic up all the uh, the horns and instruments, and uh, those were fun shows. Uh, a lot of fights happened because the the whole skinhead crowd would show up that were into this, right? And uh, you know they're they're out they're up there skanking, and then somebody accidentally hits you. Now we want to fight. It was like it was fighting over an accident. <laughs> that's ex that's exactly what happened to me. Is that right? <laughs> yep, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, Crawdaddy was great, man. Oh yeah, such a great band. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Kyle played in the Skeptics. Kyle uh, Whitaker is mm -hmm. that his last name? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think he, and, he was a Crawdaddy too for a while. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, we got that's the pro yeah, that's the project, the project 86, 86 show. Chevelle, butterfly stitches, and no one of consequence that was talked about earlier. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So that was that there was the band is. I was in. Butterfly stitches, Por Vida. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I uh, I definitely was a fan of Project 86. I was uh, 86, and I was really stoked to have them. I didn't know who Chevelle was at the time. Right. And the butterfly stitches and the other band was local bands. Yeah, the uh, uh, Chevelle got huge. Yeah, yeah. Here we oh, go. Look we got Plebeium Cry and nine and a half. Yeah. What about that, Raw? What's up? My viscera. Oh. Yeah, and hey, Rob, here's the Value Pack Fat Chance concert uh, show you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Oh, the Lebecks were on that show. I remember making that flyer uh, because back then it was called like Skate Punk. At least that's what I remembered. And so I needed to find a skate picture. <laughs> so that's why I threw that together. Yeah, I got almost like a Tony Hawk inspiration right there. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah. yeah. Did you make the flyers, Rob? I made a lot of these flyers, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is Whoa. like a whole month month full of shows, right? Yeah. Look I had that. to be like, like Nate Berg a little bit right there. Yeah, we got... Close to home, Soul Steppers, Miss Bliss, the Gigawatts, Double Panic, Farewell, Space Cadet, Lebex, Fat Chance, the Skeptics. That's like a oh, whole, yeah. whole line. Of yeah, great this shows. Was, yeah, this was a fundraiser show. Oh wait, yeah, that's right. And, Sorry, and, uh, anniversary. And so, and so this was this was when um, Anna, Adam Sandler came out with the Wedding Singer, and so the the eighties there was a little eighties revival that happened. So uh, <laughs> I put together a band called the Cheesy Eighties. And um, and so I played bass and I and remember we got that. People. Yeah. And we did these uh, cover, you know, uh, the go-go's and talking heads. It was yeah. pretty, it was pretty I fun. Remember that. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. They were post Yeah, that's right. I forgot about the Jigawatts. Right. Oh, yeah. you know what? I think that was uh, the Jigawatts. Was that the show that Andy, that, that past photo? Oh, that might first have been off? them. That might have been them. I could be wrong, but yeah, it was like the first one. So yeah, yeah. It was way back there. 
Phantom Planet. They yeah, are. they were fun. Man, they at the end of the show, they stayed the whole night and didn't clean up their stuff. I don't. I think I got out of there around three o'clock in the morning, uh, and they just stayed and, and took pictures with people and had fun. They were just great guys. That's cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah, there. Oh, there's that flyer right there with um, uh, Feral Space Cadet doing Radiohead. Oh yeah, there uh, it is. Yeah, Bad Chance doing that MXPX. Wow. They did Weezer and a Screechy Weasel, not a half to right. Screechy yeah. Weasel. Wow. Oh man, I missed that show. I I wish I was at that one. I, it's like, Those were fun. That's awesome. That's cool. You got fundraiser. Like fundraiser. Ninety nine. New oh, Year. That's right. Wow. When we wa- we wanted to record back in the day, we'd do fundraiser shows for each other. Yep. Yeah. Money that's right. Record. That's right. Yeah. That was nine and a half's last show. Rawl says about the 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 cover show is nine and a half's last show. Wow. It's crazy. Oh, look at this one here on the right. Uh, Dave, go back real quick. There was a there was a band name there that I want to call out here. Oh, dude. Yeah, you got to call. <laughs> oh, it yeah. Out. I was waiting for somebody to say that. A little Coso yeah. Junction did. Icarus was rad. Yeah, and then Coso Junction. Oh. Yeah, Brock yep. Wiggins played in green and uh, he's still playing. They're supposed to be playing him and his wife, Melissa, are supposed to play at um, Spent Cafe here pretty soon. Oh, cool. Oh, good. Are they getting back out there? Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Our family went out and saw uh, the Appletons last night at Cafe Smitten. So that was, it felt like, you know, we've rewound the tape to uh, 2019, you know? Yep. Yeah. For sure. Coso Junction, man. Jordan was That's all up in that. Yep. So remember what what year was that? Uh, it just says August. There's no year on it. It had been 97, 98. 97? Wow. Cool. Like if Green's playing, yeah, it might have been like 97. Yeah. Probably so. That yeah. might have been our like second show ever. <laughs> right. That's cool. You know, a long time ago. I still talk to uh, a couple of those guys. Jordan, what, what song? You, you covered a Beatles song one time. Didn't you? And was it across the universe? Yeah, I sang that one for a uh, mission tonight. But I think that one, uh, what was it? It was an acoustic show, and we had to, and it was like a rule. It's like there's like an acoustic show, and then we had to do with all covers or one cover, something like that. Oh, uh, uh, must have been, it must have been one cover because we didn't get our our act together, and I was just kind of like, I'll, I'll I'll just play it by myself. Well, <laughs> I remember, you, I yeah. remember you did a great job on the song. And I was really impressed. That's why I still remember it, you know. That was one of the only times I got compliments from people <laughs> ever. <laughs> it wasn't your own music. You had to do a Beatles song. <laughs> You're like, oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I just wrote that on the way over. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that uh, uh, Misty and Brock are, are watching right now as well. Yeah. they're Oh, yep, awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Misty. Hey, hey Brock. Hey, guys. It was one cover. Oh, that's right. Dan Dan wrote it. It was one cover, and they did no scrubs. I remember uh, Rawl did the rap. <laughs> right? Rawl did the left eye rap in the, in the song. That's so great. It blew my mind. I threw my underwear at him. I just couldn't take it. <laughs> you took him off like, right there? He's just right like, there. I don't want right those. There. Yeah. It's like, you had me at I seen a rainbow yesterday, Rawl. You got me. 
man. That's so funny, dude. And so I think next up we have some gems here, yeah, Rob. Oh, yeah. um, These are some beautiful gems to, yeah, let's, to throw let's, back. We didn't we didn't tell Rob about these. So yeah, here, we're just gonna go. Here and, we go. We're gonna throw these up on the screen a little bit. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Metal. Yeah. Trackstar. And I think um, if Steven grows his hair out just like that, mm-hmm. just I mean, that's Steven. That would be Steven. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think he should. I think he next time he plays live or something, he needs to to wear that exact same outfit with the hair. That would be awesome. That's uh, yes. downtown at that park. Oh, is that Central oh, Park? Yeah. 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 I was gonna say. I feel like that could be recreated in 2021. Yeah. You know, using yeah. the same bridge. Uh, <laughs> Leonard Bennett, man, playing uh, guitar on the right. Uh, he's a great guy. He's he runs sound at our church uh, now on Sunday mornings. Oh, cool! But but he's still playing all the time. But he's not really in bands, right? Is that is that at what what venue is that at? Um, that was actually at uh, uh, the Civic Auditorium. That was oh, that was sweet. a show that we did. Uh, we opened up, and uh, man, had a good sized crowd inside that place. It wasn't a packed venue; it was a local show. But uh, yeah, man, it was a blast. Do they have local shows at the Civic very often? No, no, this no. Uh, this one guy, I forget his name. He played in a band, I think, called Trader at the time, if I'm right. And um, and so he he was a businessman and a young guy, and he, he put up all the money to rent the place out, book the bands, rented PacWest, and, and, um, as well as, uh, oh, what is it, uh, the lighting company here in town, ICL. Uh, I forget the name of the of that, uh, the lighting company, but he, he ran the whole thing. And so we went in there and, and sound checked and played. And, you know, I did the whole striper thing. I was throwing out Bibles. I gave a talk from the stage, you know, yeah, yep. Yep. But, but that, you know, that's kind of like what you did back in those days, you know, if you're right. a Christian band. Right. Rob, you still have those pants. I don't have those snake pants. Uh, skin and I bought those in a women's store in, in Valley Plaza, and that's where I shop for all my uh, my uh, hair metal clothes. It's in women's oh, yeah. stores. Oh yeah, and so um, yeah, and so that red bass right there that I'm playing is uh, is the bass that's over my shoulder. I don't know if you see it. That bass right there. Oh right, yeah. Oh, there we go. I, I ended up getting a uh, an Ernie Ball five string. And I've never went back to four strings since. And what I did with that that old bass, I, I took all the frets off of it. I made it fretless. And I've only played it a handful of times, you know, since then. So now it just sits on my wall as decoration. Well, that's kind of cool that you still have that. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I'm nostalgic yeah, that way, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that what was venue the- that we're playing at, uh, the venue on the huh? right, that's Gazzari's um, in, on the Sunset Strip. And... Uh, you know, pretty famous venue uh, right down the street from the Whiskey and the Roxy. And um, and then the venue uh, on the left, that was actually here in Bakersfield uh, at a club right on Chester Avenue. I forget the name of it. It wasn't the Marquee. This was long before that happened. And uh, this guy, uh, I think his name is Putnam, last name. I, you know, that's what comes to my mind. Uh, he was trying to open up a venue there. So we played that. And my son, Stephen, was, uh, man, he was probably... I don't know, four, six years old, somewhere like that. And um, uh, I, uh, he fell asleep on the, on the floor 
inside that venue, you know, with all the beer stuff spilt down on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve has been a part of this whole scene since he was a little child. That's awesome. He grew up in it. Yeah. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. It really has been a family thing. I mean, even running the gate, a, a lot of my, you know, my kids were a whole part of that whole scene. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's like Mikey too. Mikey and your boys were, or especially yeah, they Blake. Blake yeah. Right? Yep. yeah. They, they would run around while the bands are playing. They just run around in circles and they could be loud because the music was louder than them. So, right. Yeah. It didn't even matter. <laughs> it just, you know, Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really cool wow that's nice oh, so hey, dave was uh, that stepson day i'm thinking that's probably jason yeah i think that's jason yeah is that uh that was phantom planet it wasn't andy from the lebex so oh okay oh okay. is that right okay. gotcha all right cool andy has thanks for clearing that up yeah and i mean with those photos back day too like it's hard to even see who's who like right <laughs> right that's wild. Yeah, Steven was four. It's good yeah. times. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey Dave, was that all we had on the on the uh slide deck for the uh Yeah, that's 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 all we had. I'm sure cool. if you if you head over to the Gates Facebook page or even Trackster's Facebook page, which I pulled some of those from, there's I think there's about 15, 12 or fifteen different photos over there. So a, nice. a couple more gems over there if people want to check it out. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I had fun looking through all those photos on the Facebook page. I think I looked at all of them. Just went, I, I, I was playing the game like I was at that one, not that one. I was there. Right. I mean, all those memories just came flooding back in. It was so fun to look look over those. All these yep. people in the chat, I know they were there in those days too. So you should go check out the the, the Facebook page and look at all the photos. You'll you'll yeah. have you'll have a good time. That's super cool. What well, did uh, um. Go, go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. How did the rest of the the congregation feel about about all the the rock music going on? Well, um, you know, I presented. I, I had a whole pack. In fact, I pulled it out because I, I I was trying to sort my memories. You know, I, this whole pamphlet right here. This was a document that I created of the vision for the gate originally um, that I did in 1996 to get approval to open up a venue, especially open up a venue that, that didn't just book Christian bands and, uh, and all that. And so uh, uh, the people that were part of our board at the church at the time, uh, uh, you know, unanimously said, yeah, let's do this, you know, because uh, our whole church and still today is very uh, much into the local uh, Bakersfield scene. In fact, uh, our, our senior pastor's uh, sister is, is uh, Mayor Karen Go. And that kind of comes out of the culture of our of our church is that we want to be involved with the city. So it's not all about my church, my church, my church. This is about our city, you know. And so that's been a dream for the gate is that we want to be a part of the local music scene, too. And so um, so we got that going. But I forgot the question that you asked. I went on a little tangent, I think. Oh, no, you answered it. I just wanted I wondered how the the people at your congregation. That's right. That's it. Well, uh, uh. we, we had a number of people leave because they were really offended that anybody other than a Christian would be up on the platform. And somehow that was like, you know, that platform was, you know, a holy ground or something, you know? And, uh, and so they left, but, uh, but we knew that, uh, that God has had called us to the local music scene. God has called our church to be a part of the Bakersfield community in, in, in different ways. 
and this is the way that that we're moving forward as as a church. And so uh, uh, the senior leadership, you know, I wasn't a pastor at the time. You know, I'm just I'm just a church member that has some experience in, in uh, playing music in the local music scene. And uh, they they had never, ever uh, uh, turned back on the vision of just opening up the doors and let it go. And really, the, the only reason why the gate closed was because the music scene died. We were going very strong all the way through up until it just died. And, and pretty soon you're, you can't find a band to play. You know, five, you can't even find five bands to play, you know, in the same genre. And so, um, right. yeah, it just kind of died out. And that's where it went, you know. Yeah, that's something we were gonna we we're gonna ask is you know what yeah eventually came to why the the gate closed and so it just seemed like there was just not enough maybe if there was enough bands there just wasn't enough people going out it just, was it just it was just in a slump at the time right after a certain yeah. amount of time it just kind of kind of went away it hit pretty pretty quick you know and and you know we had a uh, you know through my relationship with Mark Lamas uh, he wanted to be able to do something on Thursday nights. Uh, called a shindig and we uh, mm -hmm. would, would book bands i mean that's where you guys played a show there at one time we'd have all these skateboarders coming out and we'd have 300 kids showing up on a thursday and that's how we met cam uh, cam warner that's i think he might still be watching and um uh, so we had that whole scene that was that was happening but even the skateboarding scene uh died out and you know again it became like demoralizing for our team would show up set up all these ramps and now you got 12 kids showing up whereas one time you had you know two or three hundred kids showing up and uh it just lost its steam and so we we closed down that whole thing because there was just you know no no demand for it anymore right. and that, that's what happened to the gate with um you know our transition that we did you know we opened up the gate in 97 five years later we opened up the boiler room and it was like six years later after that um uh, we closed down the gate for six months so that I could move the gate over to 2010 O street and reopen. What had happened was that, uh, you know, uh, uh, we had uh, some meetings going on at our church and there was weekends that we were closed. And so our church would have these meetings that would go on. And, um, and so, uh, you know, we called them at that time, we called them God encounters. And what would happen to these God encounters is that people were just getting really impacted by the presence of God. And we would see, I mean, what what the Bible called would be like signs and wonders, miracle signs and wonders. I mean, we saw some crazy healings take place, you know, I mean, with people that we know personally, you know, and um, I, I mean, like people that would have a diff. I remember this one guy, um, he had a, a on, on his right ear was deaf, almost completely deaf. And so. Um, uh, he got healed, completely healed. He could hear out of both of his ears fine. And he's driving home with his wife and his wife is yelling at him because she always has to yell at him because he can't hear out of that ear <laughs> while he's driving. And, uh, and, so, and so he says, you don't have to yell. I can hear you just fine. You know? And so that type of stuff is happening. Right. So, so, uh, uh, so uh, you know, we blocked off like a couple of weeks to where the gate wasn't doing any shows and we we're going to host these events. Well, then this type of stuff started happening. And I already had, you know, I was booking shows like two months in advance. That way, give me mm -hmm. plenty of time to promote and, you know, recover if, if, if a band dropped or whatever. And so uh, we had some touring bands actually uh, scheduled to play as long as, as well as vocal, uh, local bands. But uh, uh, Pastor David came to me and says, uh, what do you think we should do? Should we continue doing the gate and close down these meetings that we're doing? And he really left it up to me, which was very honorable because as a leader, he could just say, hey, you can't do shows here. Guys really breaking out and doing some great things in, in 
the congregation and right. people were coming from all over the valley la and packing out the place you know so i said no i think god's doing something here and um we just need to close down the gate i said but i got some touring bands that are playing that i've already scheduled they got it on the list i go why don't we give those guys like 200 dollars and just to say hey you know sorry we have to book okay, it we'll send you 200 bucks and so, right. so let's do that so that's what we did we want to be honorable yeah and so and so uh our church went into these revival meetings that we called god encounters and it lasted for about i don't know a year and a half or so and um and so that's why the gate had to move and so what i did during uh that time is that i was uh, remodeling 2010 o street to make it into the new gate and which it eventually became that and um which became a whole nother scene because you guys are really attached to the gate um, at 922nd street with the gym and the boiler room, right, that, that right. was your big scene, you know, but there was a whole nother big scene that Emmanuel Fernandez was, uh, booking bands and Cameron Werner was, uh, uh booking bands and helping and working. And they were all in bands together too, uh, mm -hmm. where the whole metal scene, I mean, I think the first, right. the revival of the metal scene in Bakersfield actually, from my memory and what I recall was when symphony number no. nine started playing. Mm. And uh, uh, they weren't a great band, but they would draw a crowd because they were playing that style of music of uh, of the metal that we would come to know later. And but when we moved to uh, Twenty O Street, that's when that this whole metal craze really started happening. And, and I mean, we would have some packed out shows at that venue. That was really a, a wonderful, and it was a great size because you could fit a good two hundred people in there, and uh, and it'd be packed, and you still have a mosh pit, you know, which yeah. I don't know. They I forget what it's called. Maybe Cameron, if he's watching, he could say it. But they didn't really do mosh pits. They would just like do karate stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, around, yeah. kicking their yeah. legs, all that kind of stuff. You know. Yep. That's uh that that room was really cool because it was you know it was a little bit bigger, and it gave um, especially with that scene with the metal. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Cameron. I think there's a lot of hardcore shows that were going on there too, uh, that started to come in, and that's where the that that moshing sort of came in slam dancing um so yeah that's that was a cool venue too i went there yeah the boys went there. It, it was like a goldilocks you know it was it was the happy medium or the, like the optimal size between yeah. the the main stage and the boiler room and yep. we were really able to upgrade the sound system we finally got a, a decent yeah. a sub you know the gate in the main stage never really got the sub like like when the kick drum would hit you in the chest we never got that type of thing but we got it pretty close into that venue uh, there at 2010 o street and I, re I remember watching the video that you guys posted when you turned the lights off you turned the lights off oh, and the, and the venue shut down. yeah i was just like oh man it's it's over Ugh. yeah yeah emmanuel did that and and uh yeah that I, i'll still go back and watch it from time to time just like that was a sad like end of an was, era yeah yeah because yeah. even though i wasn't i was still involved with everything all through the years um but uh i wasn't at every show uh, like um uh, at 2010 o street and um and so but to see it all closed down was really wow there it goes yep <laughs> crying like a baby <laughs> yeah yeah I yep. Got yeah yep. yeah yeah that was that was a tearjerker, man. That was sad for sure. But we had to. I, know, we, I feel like we were all good. like the last few shows. Go were ahead. Good. 
Yeah, the last two shows, uh, Friday and Saturday night, were really good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We almost got on that too with a uh, with mission tonight. I think it was somebody couldn't do it. I can't remember who it was. One of us couldn't do it, but yeah, oh, man, we wanted to. We, be we really wanted to be on that. I think we were going to be on night two, um, yeah. second night. But yeah, we could. I think. Uh, yeah, we just couldn't do it, and we were pretty bummed because that would have been a cool like to start from the beginning. Not, you know what I mean? Playing that venue to to close out that would have been really cool. Yeah, that'd be like a cool little bookend, you know? Yeah, there, finish here. Yeah. yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Well, Rob, I think I speak for for everybody, all the musicians, when I say thank you. Just thank you so much for for your vision and running that venue. It was a it was beautiful. It was a beautiful time in, in my yeah. life. Like, uh, my, like personal development, you know, as a, not just as a musician, but as a, as a person, it really mm-hmm. was, you know, to have that sense of community. I don't know where I would have found it. Right. You know, if it, yeah. if it wasn't there. Yeah. yeah was, Likewise that, that, that venue, um, and you Rob too, is a huge impact to, to my life as well. So, you know, thank you for all that you did for that. It was, it was huge for me. Yeah. And, it was- um, Thanks. And I think, and, and, and like Jordan said, I think he could speak for everybody um, that you were a force behind all that. So, yeah, thank you. It, it was a calling. I mean, I loved it. I really loved it. I didn't love every show. There were some pretty lame <laughs> bands that would play. That was just like, uh, you know, no musicianship <laughs> at all, you know, and that's when I would hate it. But, uh, right, right. But, but but there was those. I mean, like you guys were always really good, and uh, and and there would be a lot of surprises that would happen. But um, I love it. I mean, definitely it formed and shaped me as well. You know, yeah. to, the person I am even today. Absolutely, that's cool. Yeah, Cameron, uh, my pleasure that you worked the gate. Yeah, it's it just seems like it just changed people. So that's that's awesome. I love yeah. I love to hear that. And, and that's, the, you know, that's part of the goal. Of course, my faith played a big part of it, uh, even though I wasn't real vocal about it. But uh, I wanted to have relationships with people. And if somebody was hurting in some way or, or going through something, I wanted to have a place to where they are. The opportunity to help somebody was there, you know. Yep. Yeah, sure. you were you were a champion, man. You were. I felt like I felt like a, yeah, a lot of people would say that. Yeah, you were like. One of the big champions of the scene. Thank you. We're just honored to be a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. We were just a part of it. Just a part of it. Even though All I right. probably had one one foot in that uh lame band category and one foot in the other okay, <laughs> okay band category. Hey, we've all had our moments, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's how we learn, man. That's that's you know. Yeah, exactly. It's all a part of it. Yeah. It, there's nothing like learning in front of like 30, 40 people that you don't know and be like, <laughs> Oh wow. I just butchered that. And everyone saw it. <laughs> like that is, that is, that makes you learn real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who says that? Thank you for letting me play my crappy music. Oh, it's Mark. 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 <laughs> he went from like a, a punk band to a metal band, uh, that whole Christmas Day Nails. But love Mark. Love you, Mark. You know that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Right on. All right. I think maybe it's time. I, just, I, think, like, it's a, I think it's a wrap. Absolutely. Yeah.
yeah, yeah. I, I think it was i think it was good we started from the beginning all the way to the end and we got a lot of a lot of cool stuff um in between and people sharing their stories and the shows that they're at is is perfect that's this is exactly what we wanted for this for this show so yeah um, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to do that of course you know everyone likes talking about themselves and these are memories like fond memories that I have and, and uh, the local music scene has been good for me and my family. And, uh, and my wife loves this stuff. Her and I just love music. And so to be able to uh, have a venue running for just over 19 years, uh, that's seen so many people go through it, you know, and, and, and see people like yourselves that were just, you know, dumb kids that have become responsible human beings. Yep. And, and it's not just you guys, it's a ton of people that have gone through the gate that, you didn't know where they were going to go or why they're just being knuckleheads, you know, but they turned out to be good, fine human beings and uh, doing that. And and so it's been a a pleasure and honor to in some type of way to be a part of their life in their musicals, you know, pursuit. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We made it all the way through. I made it on the other side. Yeah. (laughs) And how old are your kids now? What's that? How old are your kids now? Oh, Blake is 21. Gosh. So he's already out of the house. Um, Aiden's 18 and Tristan's 14. Wow. And you, Jordan? I have a seven year old. Very good. Seven year old daughter. Yeah. It's Very crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Who didn't run in here, which is amazing. Right. <laughs> she normally makes an appearance on the show. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> She says she says uh, she wants to say hi to the bros. That's what she says. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> hi to the bros. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, uh, doing this. You know, for a local music scene, I've listened to a few of the podcasts on uh, on Spotify, just to, you know to catch the vibe of what you guys are doing, and uh, it was really good to reminisce with uh, the others that were talking and their experience. And so, uh, uh, thanks for doing that. And Mikey, I mean, didn't you start off with the uh, uh, local rock stars way back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. It was a website yeah. and I uh, would post just stuff about bands and music and people would upload their back in the day. They would rip their CDs and, you know, upload MP3 files to the website. And yeah, it's, it's, I may, I may even one point, Jordan, we may want to like grab some of those old, I have a lot of screenshots of the old site and maybe show those. Cause it's just, oh, do you really? Let's, yeah, yeah let's, let's do that next time. Yeah. You and I do one of these. But yeah. That would be a spot where people could go and like check out new bands or, um, all kinds of stuff. We had a message board on there. So people would chat and like it, it would also get out of control if you weren't too careful. Right. Um, yeah. but it was, uh, that, that was, that was a lot of fun. Ran that for a couple of years. And then now Jordan, Jordan and I were like, Hey, we should do a show. And it just kind of spun from there. Well, I want to show you guys, uh, I showed you earlier, but, uh, I'm representing mission tonight, tonight. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> this is probably the only time this shirt has been worn because I, you know, I'll save stuff like that. But um, I was looking through my old, remember what the, those things called uh, compact discs? Oh, yeah. So I oh, have yeah. this. Can you see that? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's an old mission. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. And then I also have this one right here. Oh, the full. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. The full like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Back in the day when we first got this, me and my wife would listen to him. I haven't listened to him for a long, long time. But uh, but we would listen to all the local bands that were good. I mean, I would get some of them that would get, as soon as you put it in, you just like, Ugh. you just have to get rid of it. <laughs> but when it was good, I would listen to it, you know. Oh, <laughs> we appreciate that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you guys got to go. Oh, man, that's funny. 
we appreciate uh, your support too. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I listen to that one now and I go, man, I can't play that fast anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm the same way with my Traxster stuff. Yeah. It's just like, no way. Just shredding. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome to be able to do this with you guys. I appreciate you reaching out to me and, uh, uh, thanks for all those that have uh, uh, stayed the course listening to us uh, ramble on about uh, the local music scene. I hope that it was worth your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. And uh, go ahead and check out LRS.show for the upcoming shows we got. Um, we're going to have Modern Wives and uh, Mass Hawk coming up. And then uh, we have a bunch of other bands in the shoot that we're trying to get set up um, with dates and stuff to get on here. So a lot of good stuff coming. So, thank you, everyone. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Bye, guys. Bye Bye now.